Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Want to hear from you? Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. We are broadcasting all the way live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Coming up at uh, 3.30... We'll have Jake Crane from the DailyWire.com. He'll join the show uh, to talk about what K.J. Wright, former Raider linebacker, he played with the Silver and Black last season. He was on a show with him yesterday and was talking about the AFC West. And you might be surprised who K.J. thinks is going to win the AFC West and why he thinks this team is going to win the AFC West. We'll break all that down with Jake coming up at 3.30. Earlier today, we found out about the Mad Bomber. Daryl LaMonica passed away at the age of 80. Of course, that's Raider royalty. Really been talking about him a lot. I know JT the Brick was talking about him a lot. We've been talking about him a lot. Unfortunately for me, I wasn't able to watch him play, but that doesn't mean I don't know who he was and what he meant to the Raiders. I absolutely do. We had a great call uh, to close out the last hour from Mr. Black in Hawaii, who uh, was a big-time fan of Daryl LaMonica. So, of course, we want to hear from you. We want to get your thoughts on Daryl LaMonica, what the Mad Bomber meant to you. Was he? Uh, were you a big fan of him? Was your dad, was your mom a big fan of him? I mean, what was it about? You know, one of the things that I remember – and I mentioned it to George when we were talking to him to start the show off, was I remember when Jeff George signed with the Raiders as a free agent, and he had such great arm strength, and he wore the number three. Everyone just kept saying, oh, he's going to be the next Mad Bomber. He's just going to throw the ball around the yard. And to his credit, it's not like the Raiders won a lot of games that year, the first year that Jeff George was the quarterback, but he did throw 29 touchdown passes. In that season, I think he only had nine interceptions that year. And that dude could throw the rock. I mean, he there's one thing. There's a lot of things Jeff not to like about Jeff George. But the one thing you could like about him is he could throw the rock. And he sure did throw that thing deep. And I remember watching games. That was one that season. As a matter of fact, I think the first game, I don't remember correctly. But if, if you go and pull it up, DeMond, you're really good at, at pulling up facts on the computer real quick. I think his first game with the Silver and Black, if I'm correct, he played against Tennessee. And I think the Titans won that game because Eddie George ran all over the Raiders. But I think Jeff George kept them in the game because he kept throwing the ball deep and getting getting the Raiders right back into the end zone. I think that is correct. I could be wrong, but I, I almost promise you that that was, that was that game. 24-21 overtime win for the Titans. There it goes. But he did throw for 298 yards and three touchdowns. There you go. Look at that, man. It's almost like it was yesterday. Look at that. And how much how much yards did Eddie George run for? Man, I feel good that I remember that one. I'll tell you why I remember that one in a second. 216. <laughs> there you go. Eddie George ran all over the Raiders. I remember that game. I was so angry. So angry because nobody could stop that damn Eddie George. And the longest run was 29 yards, so he was That's just eating them up. He was eating. Consistently. That's it, man. Eat, eat, eat. He was eating way before Zeke Elliott even knew what eating was. But I remember that game specifically because me and my mom, Mama Q, was watching the game together. And 
Jeff George had that look in his eye, and every time he threw a touchdown pass, he would kind of look over at the sideline. And I remember specifically, uh, my mom said something to the extent of, Come on, baby. Come on. That's right. Do it again. Do it again. He's like, come on, Jack. I got you. That's like my mom was so fired up. My mom, you think I'm excited and fired up. My mom gets, I mean, she really gets excited and fired up, right? She taught me what getting excited and fired up was all about. I was a new booty. I didn't even know. She used to scare the hell out of me, right? I had no idea. I think I even cried. You know what I mean? Like, I got so nervous sometimes. I didn't know if I was in trouble, if you were in trouble, or someone else was in trouble. I just knew that mama was excited. That's, that's, man. I remember that game. We were watching it together, and I was disappointed that the Raiders lost, but I'm like, man, that quarterback sure is good. He made, Jeff George made James Jett that year. James Jett was a wide receiver, in my opinion, who dropped the ball a lot. For some reason, he caught a lot of touchdown passes that year from Jeff George. It was something about the way Jeff threw that rock that James Jett was able to catch it and not drop the ball. So that was just one of my memories, but it's not – a memory of the Mad Bomber, but I remember everyone kept saying he's very Mad Bomber-like because he would, he would throw the rock. And like George told us, everyone wanted to be the Mad Bomber. They were always looking for the next Mad Bomber. Like everyone right now is looking for the next Patrick Mahomes. Everybody was looking for the next Mad Bomber. And I know that numbers don't always tell the complete story, but if you just look at the Mad Bomber's numbers, throwing 30-plus touchdowns in the 60s, Right. That's all I need to know. That's the only number I need to see. Can I 30 tell you? plus touchdowns in the 60s. Oh, this man, he, he got out there. Do you realize, and this is, I don't know if this is a bad or a good sign, but do you realize that he still, the Mad Bomber still holds the single season record for touchdown passes for the Raiders? Like, did you, did you realize that? No, because he led the league in, what's that, 34? 34. That, that's, the, that's, the, that's the franchise record for touchdown passes in a season for the Raiders, 34. 69 that year. What's that, 50 years? Just saying. Wow. So like I said, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, you know, because now guys are throwing 40 times, 50 times, you know, but of course the, the Raiders have run game. They have all kind of different elements to the game, but the Mad Bomber still holds that record. Now, it might get challenged this year. Now, there was, te- there was years – where quarterbacks came close. Hell, Derek Carr came close. Jeff George came close. Rich Gannon got close. But close only matters in horseshoes and hand grenades, and I don't play with either one of them. So, there you go. Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, you are correct. Game was close versus the Titans for Jeff George. Eddie George ran through us. <laughs> yes, he did, as DeMond so nicely pulled up on the computer and, and pulled up the stats. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad I was able to remember that one. But yeah, that was, man, that was a hell of a game. Demond's like, yeah, I'm glad you did too. Glad you did too. I'm a fan of that. <laughs> so we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. We're having a good time. Matter of fact, before we get into the conversation I had with Daryl LaMonica, let's go ahead and hit the Raider Nation listener line one more time, 702-365-9200. Who's up? Raider 66. Raider 66, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q, how you doing today? I'm blessed, brother. Yeah, I just like to talk about Daryl Monica. It was so sad when I found out that he uh, left it. He's in my wheelhouse because I, I started. Uh, I was a Raider fan. I became one in '66, so he started with the team in '67, and that guy put some stuff together. He's got some numbers that'll never be uh, matched, I don't think. And he's still the only Raider quarterback to throw for thirty. He threw for thirty in 1967, the first year he was there, and then 34, like you said, in '69. Uh, but he is a winner. He is the definition of a winner. He has got the second highest winning percentage all time of any quarterback to play in the NFL at about 791. The only guy higher, Otto Graham, uh, just over 81%. He's better than Tom Brady, better than Joe Montana, better than Peyton Manning. 
that guy was a winner. And uh, Raider Nation has lost one of their legends, one of their royalty, and uh, you know all the all the you know condolences go out to the family. And uh, thank you for letting me say that about the great Daryl Monica. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call, my man. Appreciate you sharing your memories, and, and that's fantastic. And I know Raider 66 from listening to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker that, uh, you know, he always comes and drops the history knowledges, right? And so we definitely appreciate that. Thanks so much for blessing the airways with that uh, about LaMonica. And you're right, absolute winner. Absolute winner. If you go and look at the numbers, and I don't always go and be like the stats tell the whole stories number guy. I'm not that guy. But there's one, there's one stat that matters, right? The only stat that matters, wins. Daryl LaMonica had him. 66 and 16. <laughs> Say it again for the folks in the back row. 66 and 16. He never even lost 20 games in his career. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. 11-year career. Didn't even lose. Almost. Never even lost twice a year. Man. Good stuff. Good stuff. I like that. I like that. Great uh, great knowledge, Raider 66. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the little uh, numbers right there as well. DeMond, fantastic job. Now let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. I've only had one opportunity. I only had one opportunity, and it was a fun opportunity. And thanks to Heidi Fang. I don't know if you follow me on Twitter, at your boy Q254. But Heidi Fang actually took a couple pictures of myself and Daryl LaMonica at Fred Belitnikoff's Crab Feed uh, back in October. And she sent me this picture just a little while ago. And, I mean, DeMond, you said it. Me and him look like we're best of friends. Like, we go way back or Such something. Such a great picture. Heidi is so good at her job. Yeah. Because if you look at this, the way you guys are both smiling ear to ear, you'd be like, oh, man, he's talking to his buddy Q. Right, exactly. Like, like there's a big, you know, he's telling a funny joke, and, and we're just joking around and having a good old time. That was the first and only time I ever got an opportunity to speak to him. But, man, uh, it was a fun conversation. So I don't even know what the subject is we talked about back in October, but here is that conversation. We're here at the Fred Belenikoff Crab Fest. It's a it's a charity fundraiser for Tracy Belenikoff, and I'm here with the Mad Bomber, Daryl LaMonica. And, and how are you doing today, and how big of an event is this? Oh, it's special. You know, Freddie puts it on, and it's for the right the right reasons and the right causes. And if you're a Raider fan, you, you belong here. And uh, a Raiders, you see all the ex-Raiders are here. We're here because of Freddie, and his cause is the right cause. And uh, we all want to contribute in any way that we can. How does it feel when you guys all get together and, and the Raiders community and the Raiders family, once a Raider, always a Raider, that's what, you know, that's what the motto is. When you guys all get together, how does that feel? Well, what's unusual about it, we all played a long time ago, okay? <laughs> right. But when we get together, it's like we've never left practice. Right. It's like we're right together again, and it's like, wow, it, we never lose that. Right. And that's what makes the Raider Nation so special. All the Raiders that we played with and, and the Raiders today, well, all after they retire, will feel that same way about all the retired Raiders. And uh, so that's something that the Raiders have that no one can ever take away. And uh, we were winners, and we're becoming winners again, and that's what makes the Raiders so special. Yeah, and speaking of becoming Raiders again or winning again, 4-2 and two is the record right now heading into this weekend against the Eagles. They can go 5-2 and two and go into the bye week. That's a big deal. Uh, what are your thoughts on what you've seen from the team so far this season? Well, you know, you, you win with defense. Right. As a quarterback, I like to say you win yeah. with offense. Right, right. But, you know, what you have to be solid in all phases. You've got to have a strong defense. You've got to have a strong special teams and then a strong uh, offense to be able to score enough points to win. We have all that. David Carr and, and our offense can score points. We've got to get more consistent when we need it and, and use a little more time off the clock when we need it. 
but we're playing really strong as a team right now. We've had some close calls, but we're, we're making it. Right. And uh, so I think I think the end of the season is going to be very bright for us. You know, what does that mean when a team has those close calls, but they're able to pull it out no matter how it is, but they find ways to win that game in the end? Well, I've been there and did it. That was part of my job. That's you know, right. To make That's sure right. On offense that we did that, and we were able to do it back then and, and carry it on and have our winning ways. But uh, you look at the offense now. They have that little tweak about them that you know they can come back and they can Right. And they're doing it. Right. And as long as we keep that up and keep the pressure on our opponent, uh, we're going to have a great year. We're talking to the Mad Bomber right now, and, and you mentioned you made a lot of comebacks. Well, Derek Carr makes a lot of comebacks as well. He's able, if he's close in the game, there's a good chance he's going to come back. What have you seen from D.C. In, in year eight now in the league that you've seen him go from one level to the next? Well, you know, that's the game. Right. You're going to come through different levels. But we do that as a team. You know, uh, championships are won by defense. As a quarterback, I like to say, no, no, it was won by offense. Right, no, right. it isn't. Yeah, yeah. But you, your defense has to play good solid. The offense has to play solid and score enough points. And then special teams will win three or four games a, a season for you. Right. And so that's all us and we. So when you get together, we don't care who makes the big play. We don't right. care who scores a touchdown or let's win. Right. As long as we win by one point or a <laughs> 20, it doesn't matter. Right. The only question they ever ask you, did you win? Did you win? That's right. Wins and, and losses. And it's nice to say, yeah, we won. Yeah, exactly. Wins and losses are all that matter. And, you know, when Henry Ruggs was drafted, he was talked about as, hey, that's our now Cliff Branch. He's the guy. Speed killed. What does speed do on that field? Well, I'll tell you what, 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 what's right. Al Davis preached to me yeah. as a quarterback. Yeah. He didn't care how many touchdowns you threw or how many yards you threw for. The most important stat that he asked me about ever, after every game, how many interceptions you have, okay, and how many uh, fumbles did you have? The team with the best turnover ratio, fumbles and interceptions. Okay, okay. Even today wins 93% of the time. Yes, absolutely. And that's what we're doing right now. We're making some mistakes, but we're overcoming that. Right. And so that's why I think we're going to be in the playoffs. I think we're going to go... Hopefully the distance be nice. Yeah, yeah. But we're going the right direction now. This right. Is, this team is young, but uh, they're, they're pretty efficient. They are. They really are. They got a good opportunity right now this week coming up against the Eagles. And final question for you: What does it mean to you to be a Raider? Once a Raider, always a Raider. What does that mean when you hear that? Well, it's just special because it's like our family. You see, all the guys just saw Raymond Chester. We're, yeah. We're like brothers. Like we never never leave one another. And so it's us and we. Right. And like I said, when we all get together, we're like real brothers. <laughs> and that doesn't get any better than that. And, and I've been out of the game for over 50 years. And in my heart, I feel a part of it. Yeah. And I am a true Raider. And you feel like you're about to drop back and throw one of those mad bombs one more time? I, one more time. <laughs> I appreciate you. The, the mind's ready, the but ready. the arm's ready. That's all right. We'll let you have a shot. We appreciate you. All right. Thank, thank you. you so much. There he goes right there. That was uh, my conversation back in October with the Mad Bomber. I mean, it really was, and and that was uh, a lot of fun, you know, and, and uh, it's so funny after listening to that again and talking to George Takata earlier in the show, you hear that, that we, you hear that us, you hear that team. It's not me, 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 I, it's what the team does. That stood out to me so much more because that's something that George pointed out in the show. He said, oh, 
Daryl never talked about himself. It was always the only reason I'm talking about myself is because my team has put me in that position. And so when you go back and you hear that, I'm, man, I'm so glad that we still have that kind of audio and we still have those kind of interviews. And I tell you, a lot of times I always think that it's foolish that I don't clean off my phone or I don't, you know, I get these voice memos is where I record interviews when I'm out and about like I was at that Fred Belotnikoff crab feed. I just use my phone, press voice memos, record, boom. Then I email it to DeMond. He puts it in the system. We're good to go. I don't, I don't delete them. And I probably should. But if I did, I wouldn't have had that conversation that we just had or we just heard. And so it's great to go back and be able to listen. And like I said, I had no idea what I was even talking about, but you heard what he said. He said, we are going to get to the playoffs. He's talking about the Raiders. And he could say we because he is a member of the Raiders. I'm not. So I don't say we. It's just how I live, but that's okay. And he was right. Raiders made it to the playoffs. He said they were making some mistakes, but they were finding ways to overcome it. And what did the Raiders do all season long? Made some mistakes. Found ways to overcome it. You know what I mean? Towards the end of the season, yeah, they really overcame those mistakes yeah. they were making. Because remember, that conversation was in October. Right before the Eagles game. Right. The Eagles game was the last game before the bye. And all the wheels fell off after the bye. Right? After the bye coming out of that, everyone thought that the Raiders, including myself, were cooking with grease. They were in a great position. They were about to do this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, they took an L to the Giants, and you thought, oh, damn, it's about to go down. And, of course, the Henry Rugg situation happened that during the bye week. It happened right after the Eagles game. It's wild. Wild listening back to that conversation. But, man, I'm so glad that I have it. Again, the only time I ever got to talk to the Mad Bomber, but it was a great five minutes. 319 is the time. We'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. We're celebrating the life and times of Daryl LaMonica. If you got a memory, if you got a thought, if there's a reason why uh, you know, you're a Raider fan, maybe it was because of Daryl LaMonica, either with you or your parents or your father or your mother or whatever the case may be, hit us up and let us know about it, man. 702-365-9200. We're having a, a good time, a good celebration on today. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. Again, we're live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio and this it's Raider Nation Radio, 920. But it will be more than likely if they do lose this game here. Okay. Hey, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't be fooled again. Is that how it goes? Something like that. <laughs> That's how George Bush said it. That's who you quoted? <laughs> yeah. That's who you quoted? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Out of every great quote in, yep. that you could have came up with, you decided to go with the former president. Yep. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3.30, Jake Crane, DailyWire.com will join the show. Talk about KJ Wright and his thoughts on the AFC West and who he thinks is going to win the AFC West this upcoming year and why. I think you'll want to hear this conversation, Raider Nation, coming up at 3.30. Uh, we've got a lot of great calls and texts that we've had so far today talking about Daryl LaMonica. You can hit us up at 702-365-9200. Also, the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r Passed away at the age of 80. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Raider Tone. Raider Tone, always leaving the girls alone. What's on your mind, my man? <laughs> man, what's up, man? Hey, um, I got the chance to uh, go to the Freddie Blitnikoff thing. The last one in, in the Bay out here in um, Pleasanton um, okay. last May. And um, I got to sit at the table with Daryl 
I got to do a little Facebook Live with him. We do a Facebook Live out here occasionally. Um, and got to chop it up with him, man. And he was just so cool. He was talking. He started. He, 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 well, he had a couple. I ain't going to lie. He had a couple beers. We had a couple beers together. And he kind of <laughs> let loose, man. And he talked for me about a good. I couldn't get away from the table. I'm not kidding. He would talk my, my, actually, my buddy, um, my buddy, um, I used to work with back in the day. That was his uncle. And my buddy was a softball player, a baseball player. You could just see it must have ran enough. I mean, he had a rocket arm just like Daryl LaMonica. So it's part of the history that, uh, old school cats like me, man, way back in the 70s that, that live, with, live and die with the, the silver and black. Um, it's just part of, you know, a saddened day that you think about, you know, childhood memories when you was a kid. I mean, I got the very end of, of of the Mad Barbies. I was only uh, nine and seventy-four, but um, you know, I mean, of course, I remember the snake. But it's just part of of the legacy that the Raiders are building today. That go, that's been carried on for sixty years from Oakland to L.A. and now to uh, to, to Nevada, man. So uh, just wanted to share that real quick, man. And I appreciate you guys honoring uh, the Mad Bombers because you look at their helmets back in the day. They had no padding. Look at they they had two bars across their. They, they, the game was brutal, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a different era, man. But thanks again for honoring um, uh, the Mad Bomber Day, man. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for the call, my man. And uh, shout out to you, man. You sound like you're about 21, man. Raider Tone only sound like you're about 21. He said, I was 9 and 74. <laughs> I'm the daddy. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. Shout out to Raider Tone. You're doing it real big, man. That's the kind of company I need to keep. You know what I mean? I need to keep company with the, with the, with the older cats that look young and sound young, man, you know? Exactly. If you were just like, hey, how old do you think Raider Tone is? I would have not born in 65. Wouldn't have guessed it. Man, shout out to Raider Tone. I ain't mad at him. That's what we do, though, Damon. That's what we do, you know? Us guys. And I'm going to go ahead and put myself in that category, man. We try to keep it young all the time, man, you know? Yeah, you in that category, not me, because <laughs> I am still young. I'm not going to lie, though. Sometimes I do feel a little old. You know what's funny, There's though? things that the kids are doing these days. You know what's funny? <laughs> and we'll take a break right after this. I'm glad you said that sometimes you feel old, because I listened to your whole debut show today, and about five times I heard DeMond say, oh, yeah, man, I I'm, 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 I must be the old dude or something. Like, like you, were, you were claiming to be the old dude in the room. Now, you were the older dude in the room, but none of you guys were that old. Come on, man. We're talking about shows that came out in 2000. That's 20 years old now. Kids won't get those references. I love it. I love it. I love it. The the old man in me is rubbing off on you. <laughs> like I still don't understand TikTok. Nah, I don't either. I don't either. Have you have you figured out uh, bringing sand to the beach yet? I knew it. I knew it when you said it. I, the double entendre. Don't even ask me how. I get that part. But that is just a dumb saying. It is not dumb. When you live landlocked like me, when you had to get it out the mud from Ripley, Tennessee. Oh, here there you was go. No beach. Oh, you had to get it out the mud. Okay, 328's the time. This room is getting thick, full of mud, and not the kind of mud that he's talking about. I'm talking about the kind of mud that you flush <laughs> a couple times a day, if you know what I'm talking about. Coming up next, Jake Crane from DailyWire.com. He'll join us to talk all things AFC West. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Been having a lot of good conversations talking about Daryl LaMonica, the Mad Bomber, passed away 
earlier today at the age of 80. Had a lot of good calls with a lot of good memories. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, you can keep those things coming. Matter of fact, you can keep those texts coming at 69187, keyword R&R, if you have a thought on the Mad Bomber, Daryl LaMonica. Right now, though, I want to turn my attention to the AFC West. We all know that it's going to be the Wild Wild West this upcoming season. Uh, the Broncos went and got Russell Wilson. The Chargers went and upgraded their team, bringing in Khalil Mack, bringing in J.C. Jackson. Of course, they have Justin Herbert and the Chiefs are the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill, but you're assuming there's going to be some moves to be made. Of course, we all know very well what the Silver and Black have done. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk about that AFC West is Jake Crane from DailyWire.com at Jake Crane underscore on Twitter. And Jake, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I definitely appreciate you. And when you think of the AFC West, and I know you had KJ Wright who played with the Raiders uh, yesterday. Or yesterday you had him on. He played with the Raiders last year. Uh, I know you had him on. But when you look at the AFC West, what are your thoughts when you just kind of look at it from a distance? Well, number one, man, I really appreciate you having me on. Really uh, love what you got going. And uh, talk to you. Yeah, you know, it's a crazy time, obviously, as everybody knows out there in the AFC West. When I look at it, you know, I, I talked with KJ yesterday, and, and I asked him if, if he thought it was the deepest division he's ever seen in the NFL, and he said yes. Uh, he also said he thought Derek Carr and the Raiders were going to win the division. I'm sure we'll get into that later. But, I mean, it's a gauntlet. Uh, I, I mean, we could see a scenario – uh, in the division where you're having most teams, if not all teams, make the playoffs. But uh, I look at the quarterbacks. Everybody's going to talk about that. But also look at look up front. That's where the game's won and lost. Uh, and there's a lot of formidable stuff going on in the AFC West, all the way from the Raiders to the Chargers. You talk about on the defensive side of the ball, having Bosa and, and Mack uh, kind of anchoring each side, which is not only deadly against the pass, it's also deadly against the run, especially the way that Joey's been playing over the last two years. So, uh, the Broncos out in Russell, I, I don't know if they have enough pieces. Uh, I, I think the Broncos may end up being the odd team out in the division when I look at it, as crazy as that sounds, even though Russell was a good ad. Uh, it's going to be a fist fight the whole year, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, we are too. We really are. I mean, it, it's a shame that it's only April, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I would love to see it a lot sooner rather than later, but we'll have to be patient. We'll have to uh, wait and see how it all shakes out. But you mentioned KJ Wright. You mentioned talking to him. Of course, he's a Super Bowl winner. Yeah. He's a heck of a linebacker in the league. I was very excited about the Raiders getting him last season. Uh, I know he didn't play as much, probably as much as he even wanted to, but he's still a hell of a leader, still a hell of a player, and he knows what he's yeah. looking at. And there was a time last year, Jake, when the Raiders were struggling and he said, we are not going to end this season, the last game of the season. We're going to the playoffs, and eventually they did. When you talk to K.J. Wright, just from a leadership standpoint, I mean, who is he yeah. to you? Well, he's, he's the consummate linebacker leader. I mean, I was lucky enough, my father was an All-American linebacker in the SEC and played in the NFL and, and played middle linebacker, and K.J.'s a guy that knows the difference. We always talk about guys that know the difference and guys that just may sound like they know the difference. KJ understands it from the inside out, uh, not only from on the field stuff, being able to make checks, read and run pass, understanding when a guard's pulling, how to react and scrape and, and get off blocks. But in the locker room, you know, what type of culture do you have? When it's going good, everybody, it's always fun for everybody. But when it's going bad and you're not practicing well, what kind of team are you then? Uh, so just, you know, talking to a guy that gets it, you know, when you talk to somebody like that that has that experience, it's not just the generic, you know, well, they need to run the ball good or they need to throw the ball better or they need to rush the pass through. It's really kind of dissecting what a team has to do to not only survive where they're at, what division they're in, but once you get to the one and done in the playoffs. So what it means to me is just you're talking to a guy that, that was a master of his craft, uh, the, like I said, for, from a wholesome standpoint, 
from an inside and out, all around standpoint, not just an on the field or an off the field perspective. Yeah, he he, I think was a, a big time leader in that locker room and really helped out a team that, as you know, went through a lot in 2021 yeah. and still found a way to get into the playoffs. But you mentioned he said that he thought that the Raiders were going to win the AFC West, and Derek yep. Carr was a major reason why. Just explain what he said and, and the details that he went into why he felt that way. Well, you know, you always got to look at the roster, but but going off field as well, he's big on Derek Carr, and and again, you know, Derek Carr to me has has a, a very high ceiling. He's got great ability. He's got the nuance. You know, he can throw the fastball and the changeup. So he was very high on Derek Carr, and then bringing in Devontae Adams. I mean, let, let, no bones about it. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league, in my opinion. Uh, KJ, you know, put him top two, top three. Uh, adding that, you know, chemistry that they had in college when they played together. You know, chemistry wasn't just the class I flunked in high school. Uh, <laughs> but, but having that, that dynamic duo with Waller, with what they have in the backfield, with what they have up front, being a very dynamic offense, and then adding a guy like Chandler Jones on defense, some of the other moves they made. Uh, I'll tell you a, a funny story. I actually coached. I coached for nine years in college football. Uh, and when I started out, I was in junior college, and one of the guys I coached was Jonathan Abrams. So it's a pretty funny story. Abe's a buddy of mine. So, nice. Uh, no, just, just, just looking at the team as a whole, he feels like they have the total package. You know, to win the Super Bowl, you have to have a quarterback uh, that's able to make the big throws in big times. I know Derek hasn't been the clutchest of all the quarterbacks, but he has the ability to do it. He understands what defenses are giving him. They should have a strong run game, and now you have weapons that complement each other even more, and you're past the distraction. So just a culmination of all the things. You have a good pass rush and you can run the ball, and then you got a guy that can spin it on third down. You're going to have a chance to win in any league in this game. Talking right now with Jake Crane from the DailyWire.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Demond's got one for you. Yeah, Jake, speaking of KJ, did he express any interest that maybe if the door was open to come back to the Raiders or any other teams that may be interested in him this offseason? You know, we didn't dive too far into that. Uh, all I can comment on that is that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if somebody ended up did, uh, making a move for him. I, I don't know if he'd say no, uh, but I tell you what, regardless of what he does, he's going to make a pretty good analyst. I can promise you that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Some of the breakdown that I was listening to uh, that you, you guys had the interaction yesterday uh, was fantastic, and plus the interactions we've had with him at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center Raiders uh, little practice facility. Uh, it's been great. You know, he obviously understands the X's and O's and knows what it means to be a leader, but uh, just going back to, you know, the AFC West and going back to uh, the Raiders being the potential winners of it, you know, Derek Carr just signed that contract extension, and there's a lot of folks, yeah. even in the fan base, that are kind of split on D.C. if he's the guy or not. And I always say you don't have to have an elite quarterback to win the Super Bowl, but you have to have one that's good enough. And he is good enough, and I think he's better than good enough. I think he's like a, you know, top 10, top 12 quarterback. He's really a good quarterback that can get it done. Uh, were you any shocked at all when, when K.J. said that he, thought Darryl, uh, that, that he thought Derek Carr could lead him to the promised land? You know, I wasn't, but that may have been a, more of a compliment to how good and how deep the AFC West is and, and the additions that everybody's made uh, as opposed to anything. I mean, look, Derek Carr, to, to do what Derek has already done from a statistical standpoint, it's very tough to do. You have to be a master of your craft to be able to do it. But he's really got one mountain left to climb, and that's coming through in clutch situations at the end of the year. Uh, he's got to be in position to be able to do that, and we think these moves, me and K.J., think that the moves they've made because it's not just about the quarterback that's why you know most time you see a quarterback drafted and what do they draft right behind him an offensive tackle i mean mm -hmm. you're going to see probably a lot of edge rushers and tackles in this draft go before uh, a quarterback does uh but i wasn't that shocked i mean derek's got a ton of ability all you need is that spark 
And again, the pieces that he has around him, not only from an offensive perspective, but from a defensive perspective, if he has a chance to do it, he has the ability to do it. Uh, and I think, I think that's a lot easier to see than most people. But I can understand Raiders fans' frustrations. I get it. You feel like you're in position and the window is the window. And now that you've made these moves, there's even more pressure on the window. And you want to see something get done. All right, Jake, on Crane & Company, you guys proposed the question, should athletes be allowed to bet on their team? <laughs> I've never heard this argument before. Can you elaborate to that? All right, yeah, we actually had, did it today. It was our head-to-head. Uh, yeah, you need to go over to Crane & Company. It's C-R-A-I-N and uh, Company on YouTube. I uh, did it today. It's out. It's on uh, audio, Sp- uh, Spotify, and uh, Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff, too. But, you know, my side was, I don't think – because we built parameters around it. It wasn't just like a blanket, should athletes be able, pro athletes be able to gamble. It was, should pro athletes be able to gamble on other teams, whether it be in their sport or other sports, and if they gamble on their team, they can't bet the spread, they can't bet the other team to win, they have to bet on their team money line. It all goes to a database, it's all transparent so you can see it, because look, I mean, you got look, look at, at, these, at these sports gambling sports books, and what they're doing with the leagues, how much money they've made on it, for whether it's fantasy or whether it's sportsbook. Charlie Blackman just signed a deal with uh, Maxim Betts. He was the first Major League Baseball player to do it. I just don't think you're preventing anything. Uh, David Cohn, our other co-host, uh, he disagreed with me. He, he doesn't <laughs> think it should be there in any shape, shape or form. So it's, uh, it's a really good argument, but I definitely won. The funniest <laughs> part of the segment, though, is whoever the judge is out of us three has to wear a robe and one of those old-school British wigs and my brother had to do it today, and it's hilarious. Oh, I'm looking at the picture right now. No, it's a fantastic look. It is. I, he looks like Thomas Jefferson's illegitimate son, like that he doesn't claim. <laughs> I like that. That's that's good stuff right there. We're talking with Jake Crane from DailyWire.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, just kind of getting back real quick to the AFC West and how it's all going to shake out and how it, it's all expected to shake out this year. Of course, it's going to be a dogfight, I think, each and every game. Uh, it should make for a lot of fun. Is there any move that has been made in the division that really shocked you? You know, the Russell Wilson one, not that he left Seattle, but that he went to Denver. That, that one surprised me. I don't think it shocked me. Uh, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders shocked me. Uh, with Aaron announcing that he was coming back with the three-year deal, uh, you know, you felt like with the connection they've had, which has really been the only connection outside of whatever phone providers in Green Bay up there that they've had for the last couple of years, uh, I think it goes to show you just how much drama is behind the scenes with Aaron and obviously that connection with, with Derek going back to college. Uh, but I was shocked to see Devontae go to the Raiders. I, I really was. Well, I'll tell you what, Derek Carr is excited about it. That's his college teammate, you know, going back to Fresno State. And a uh, final question for you, as far as the play calling goes, this is an area that I think that the Raiders are really going to uh, benefit from having a guy who, in my opinion, is an elite play caller on the sideline. That's Josh McDaniels. How much do you think that's going to help? How much do you think Josh McDaniels is going to help Derek take that next step? Oh, well, I mean, Josh has championship experience. I mean, that's one thing that you can't teach. Uh, he has the ability to understand the flow of the game, obviously. You know he knows coverages. You know he knows, you know, where the quarterback's eyes need to be. But I think what he's gonna, what he, where he's going to benefit Derek most is mindset once you get toward the latter end of the season. Not that Derek's not a competitor or that he doesn't want to win, but I think Josh has a way to kind of speak to him. When you've worked like a guy like uh, with Tom Brady, you have instant respect. When you have that type of jewelry, you have instant respect. Uh, so I think that's where it'll help him. Now, I'll tell you what, 
You know what makes play calling a lot easier? When you've got Devontae Adams on your team <laughs> because you know who they're going to bracket. So right. by adding Devontae Adams, you really took a variable as the equation that you have to solve against defenses. Now you've got a more spread out. Hunter Renfro's got a little witch in him. Uh, one of my favorite guys in the league, Waller, we know with his athleticism and size and ability to high point the ball and hit the home run makes him really dangerous. With The more you even defenses out, or if I know who you have to bracket or I know where you're trying to funnel the coverage, then I can pull your pants down on the field. You're basically giving, uh, instead of get, handing Josh McDaniels a pistol, you're handing him an AK-47. There you go. I like it. That's a mic drop moment right there. That's good stuff. That's real good stuff. Jake Crane, DailyWire.com on Twitter at Jake Crane underscore. Uh, what do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Oh, man, we got some great stuff. We we hit every sport, man. We, we're talking NFL. We're talking uh, Major League Baseball. We're talking NBA playoffs right now. Got some great guests. We got uh, Natan Levy, UFC fighter. Nice. Uh, this fight April 30th coming on this Saturday. But check us out, man. We talk everything. Uh, it's a good time. We have a live interactive chat. We call it the Booster Club. Uh, we literally answer questions the whole show. It's it's a lot of fun. And we don't talk politics and sports, believe it or not. I know it's uh, <laughs> kind of crazy to hear that, but uh, we just talk straight ball and, and something we really enjoy, and I think you guys will enjoy it as well. So, yeah, man, follow us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at YouTube. Go subscribe. Uh, it's, it's a lot of great stuff, and I appreciate you all having me on. Man. Let's do this again. Yeah, we will. Good stuff as always, my man, and I can appreciate the show that you put out there. You do great work. Thank you so much. Hey, you guys too, man. Real recognize real. I'll holler at y'all. All right, cool. Keep it real. There it is. I love it. Jake Crane, DailyWire.com. Fantastic job. Uh, and, yeah, I like that. What do you know about that? K.J. Wright, Raiders and Derek Carr are going to win the AFC West, and it's going to be because of Derek Carr. I love that he said because of Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Really? And then for him to put his name on it. Right. I, and and that, that's why, you know, it's so funny because we talk about the team. Obviously, we talk about the team at great length here, and we'll talk about different elements of the team. We'll talk about D.C., and some will be happy, some won't be happy. But, man, it's it's so hard for me to deny that this guy is a really good quarterback when everybody else that's there and done that and works with him and is around him keeps singing his praises. Exactly. And, and one thing about K.J. Wright, you think he doesn't know how good – Russell Wilson he is? He knows what a Super Bowl winning quarterback looks like. Play with the man. That's what I'm saying. And still, hey, I'm going to pick Derek Carr over him. Well, he, I mean, straight up. He just said, you know, he, the, the Raiders are going to win the AFC West. Of course, there's a lot of elements to like. I'm I'm with uh, with Jake when he said that he thinks that Denver is going to be the odd team out. I, I think they're going to be the odd team out, too. I don't know why uh, our friends here in Vegas are, are saying that they're going to win more games than the Raiders and they'll be the one team that's out of the, the playoffs. I don't see it. I just don't think that Denver is going to be that great, even with Russell Wilson. But... You know, when a guy that's been there done that, and again, a guy that was so confident when the Raiders were struggling last season, when he sat in front of us at the podium at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and said, we're not done the first week in January. And remember, the first week of January was their last game of the regular season. We're not done. What did Marcus Peters say? We ain't done yet. I think we're not done yet. I think I said we ain't done yet. You know, that, and, and he didn't say it like that, but that's what he meant. We're not going to be done the first week in January. And they weren't. They found a way to get it done, and that's a veteran that knows what he's looking at. And he went on record, put his name on it, not a source said, not a former player, not a former teammate, but a, a, an actual guy to put his name on it. K.J. Wright says the Raiders are going to win the AFC West, and it's because of Derek Carr. 346 at the time. We'll come back, close out the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work. 
and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 3.49 is the time. This show has gone by fast and furious as they always do. A lot of great stuff that we got to on today's show. George Takata from the 559, Reedy College Director of Marketing and Communications, longtime sports anchor there in Fresno. Join us at the top of the show to talk all things Daryl LaMonica. The Mad Bomber passed away at the age of 80. We've been celebrating his life, celebrating what he meant to Raider Nation, how proud he was to be a Raider. Share the conversation that I had with him back in October. That was fun to go back and listen to that again. So many thanks to George for joining the show. Emery Hunt from CBS Sports. He joined us to talk all things NFL draft as we're now just a week away. It's going to be so much fun to be down there at the scene of the draft next week. It's so funny. So many people are coming to town. It's like, hey, man, when I get there, I'm going to hit you up. I'm like, yeah, hit me up. It's cool. There is no way I'm going to be able to catch up with everybody. There's just no way. No way. No way. Everyone. I mean, there's so many people. Q, I'll see you in Vegas. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll but are here. you going to keep track of the people who said I'll hit you up, but no, they never hit you up? No, not at all. Look, I'm not worried about who hit, who doesn't <laughs> hit I'm actually hoping that, you know, less is more. Let's put it like that. Not because I don't want to talk to people, but it's just because I just know how crazy it's going to be. And anytime you try, to, even when we try to do that at, at games, like, oh, yeah, hey, meet me at the torch. We'll be there at the torch. You all of a sudden get into a sea of people and you just can't find everybody. It just, it just happens. So... Uh, I'm I'm just excited and, and can't wait for people to actually get an opportunity to be uh, here in Las Vegas if you're not already here and enjoying the draft and enjoying everything that goes with it. And it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of interaction for the family, a lot of activities for the kids to do. Uh, I'll try to get Cassie Soda or Paloma on tomorrow and uh, talk about the updates of what's going on downtown. And the stage is set, man. The stage is floating in the Bellagio Fountain as we speak. And they still have the fountain show going on. Like, everything's still going That's on. That's the as wild is. part. Is yes. That the fountain show is still going on. While there's a stage. While these guys the were constructing that stage, what do you think they were thinking when the damn fountain was going off? This water better not hit me. <laughs> well, some of them had scuba gear on. Because of the way it, like, shoots up, too. I know yeah. the water pressure probably isn't that high, but I would be thinking, like, a comedy movie. If I'm in the wrong spot trying to repair something. Right. And you just get shot 20 feet in the air. Well, you know how it is when you hear something over and over. Like when I'm at the TI, I'm always sitting there at the Golden Circle Sportsbook right there. There's a machine right there always says, no more bets. You know, it's like all the time, no more bets. It's a horse racing thing. No more bets. So after sitting there for like an hour and hearing no more bets, it's like I can't get rid of it. It's in my head. Can you imagine the music that's playing while the fountain is going off and these guys are trying to construct construct this uh, stage? That stuff's got to be stuck in their head. Like you can't You can't shake that. You remember what uh, Ike Turner said to uh, Tina in uh, in uh, What's Love Got to Do With It? You can't get rid of me. I'm in your head. That 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 kind of sound is in your head. You can't shake that. Also, you remember earlier when the NFL announced that they were going to open up the store oh, yeah. in Vegas? Yeah, yes. I've been in that store. And people were just so up in arms about oh, it. Oh, my gosh. They were so offended. But now think about that store inside of Caesars. Right. And the draft is here. Yep. Man, people are going to be so happy that that store is there. Exactly. Because no matter who your team is, you're going to be able to go and get that last-minute merch. Right, exactly. It was so silly, too, when people got upset about it. Oh, my gosh, the Raiders will never have a home field advantage. Like, no one going to the game is going to make a beeline to Caesars and have to go in there and go through all that to get in there and go, you know, buy some stuff. 
if they want if they're going to a game as an opposing fan, most likely they probably already have a jersey. Yeah, I, I packed my jersey. I, <laughs> right. You know, oh, oh, I forgot my Ryan Tannehill jersey. Someone's gonna come. Let me go run to Caesars and go get my Tannehill jersey. I mean, it's just it's just silly. And I mean, this is a, a market where everything is going down. I mean, the Super Bowl is going to be here in a couple of years. You know, I mean, it's just and look, I've been into that store, and I'll tell you right now, it ain't all that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's I mean, it's really. I'm an NFL fan. I'm a fan of everything that's going on with the NFL, and I like to see a lot of great things. And I'll tell you, I walked in there and I thought, eh, it's cool. I mean, it's 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 not anything special, you know. I mean, like that's it's not bad. It's just not like, oh man, this is the greatest thing ever. It's I'd rather go over to Finley Cadillac. <laughs> I mean, straight up. I thought I was going to go in there and I was like, well, wife, what do you want? You want something? And she, you know, she's looking for a jersey or, or a shirt or something like that. And she was like, ah, I don't really see anything that I want. There was no Darren Waller merch there, huh? Easy there. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that, huh? Sure did. Yeah. She does too. She does too. Not mad at that at all. No, there, I don't think there was. I don't, I don't. They did have some cool stuff like some uh, helmets and everything and uh, even had NFL draft helmets and Super Bowl helmets and they had some cool stuff. They had some helmets that were off off uh, helmet like they weren't the real the real ones the you know they got ones that the guys are wearing but they were like matte black or matte oh okay I see like they had a now. ravens uh, helmet that was like matte purple which was kind of weird at first but then it, it looked cool i mean it was like all right I, I can see you know someone who's a big fan of a team or a collector of stuff they'll they'll uh, you know they'll buy some stuff like that so yeah it's it's a it's a cool little store i'm not not mad at that at all uh, as you heard in in our guy Doug's uh, sports update a little earlier in the hour, the NFL schedule release will be May 12th. The NFL is the only league that could put out a tweet announcing when an announcement's going to come. You know what I mean? Like they're announcing when the schedule is going to drop May 12th, and everybody it literally took over the the uh, it took over the internet, it took over Twitter earlier when they announced that. Like, oh my gosh, here it goes, May 12th. And real quick, I'm not going to have time to read it in full, but Fargo Raider texted into the show. Congratulations on me on my show and RIP to the Mad Bomber. Thank you, Fargo Raider, and to everyone who listens to Raider Nation Radio that actually listened to my show. So you didn't read Just Win Wendy's, but you had to read yours because it was about the... Yes, of course. I'm selfish. Unbelievable. Well, read Just Win Wendy's, please, to start off the show. I know we don't have time right now. We'll close out. And when you start out in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, please read Just Win Wendy's text. Please. You got it. All right. Thank you. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Vinny's up next.